0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson.
1: Hey, folks. Hey, Justin. How's it going?
0: Uh, Pretty good. It's been a while since we last recorded.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we're back and we're ready and we've got two episodes to talk about.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about some uh, Enterprise. Um, But first, I have some Star Trek news.
1: Oh, okay. Let's hear it.
0: I bought the uh, complete uh, series of Star Trek The Next Generation on Blu-ray. Ooh. And the fancy new set uh, that just came out.
1: Yeah, I saw your picture of it. It has, like, a Star Trek 50th icon on it or, like, a sticker. And, wow, how crazy is it to hold uh, all of TNG, like, in your hand? (laughs) (laughs) And
0: how crazy is it that it costs as much as, like, one set cost way back in the day?
1: Oh really? Uh do do you mind saying how much you got it for?
0: Uh I got it for a hundred bucks.
1: Oh wow, okay. Uh, from
0: Amazon. It's uh it was on sale, I don't know if it still is, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh yeah, it was like half off.
1: Oh wow. Yeah, so that is basically like the old the old uh D V D sets were almost that much just for one season. Yep. Oh, wow, that's crazy. I mean, I'm guessing that that was significantly below this price, or are they just like, oh, we've sold all the individual sets, now let's put them all together (laughs) and sell some more.
0: Media media's just getting cheaper and cheaper now. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, I do know from experience that those actually look considerably better than the—because I have at least the first two seasons on Blu-ray, and I know they look considerably better than the— the Netflix versions, even though the Netflix versions, I believe, are the same source, uh, they don't still look quite as nice and crisp as uh, the Blu-ray. Right. So now I just want more track in HD. Like, I, uh, you know, someone who hasn't watched uh, much of DS9, I would love it if they tackled that next.
0: Yeah, DS9 and Blu-ray would be really nice. So it would yeah. get a lot more people to watch that show.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, which, because it, it doesn't look very good at all on Netflix.
0: No, it doesn't. Unfortunately,
1: mm-hmm. it looked uh, maybe a little better than TNG looked. It was TNG looked like criminal, criminally bad before. It was crazy. Yeah, I think Voyager looks pretty good. Yeah. Enterprise obviously looks great. Yeah, I mean Enterprise is already in HD, so. HD widescreen. Yeah, except for like I remember one of the episodes we watched uh, for the for the podcast was still in like four by three. Hmm. like they put the wrong source on Netflix or something. <laughs> awesome. So have you started watching them again?
0: Or? Uh not yet. I've been watching some other stuff. Um but I'll I'll get to watching Next Generation real soon. Um awesome. I'm, I'm going to start over from the beginning and just watch it from there.
1: That sounds great. Yeah, it oh, yeah. should be fun. Yeah. Um it sounds like a like truck track <laughs> 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 rewatching episodes. Yeah. And giving thoughts on them, but um yeah, I think the next well, we haven't really talked about it yet, but uh, we'll, we'll have to decide what we're going to what we're going to do next. But, you know, coming not too long in the future now is going to be uh, the new new Trek series. So, you mm-hmm. know, we'll be talking about that.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that one. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to talk about Enterprise. Uh, season four, episode nine, Kershara. Original air date, December 3rd, 2004.
1: Excellent. And do, do, is it just me, or do you think like Kirshara sounds like you know it could be like a female pop star, kind of like Kesha or you know Beyonce? Yeah, yeah. I'm that going to work. the Kirshara concert tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. She's gonna have Vulcan cond- backup dancers. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Take it away, buddy.
0: Uh, the episode opens on Vloss telling the other Vulcan High Command members that he has received information that the Andorians have stolen a prototype uh, Zindi weapon. Uh, then it's the opening credits. Uh, when the episode comes back, in a cave, Archer Tapal and Tapau are on a mission to get the Kirshara to the High Command. T'Pol tells the others that the Kirshara is the only surviving record of Sarak's true teachings. Uh, In Archer's ready room uh, Acting Captain Tripp Tells Reed that they're going to warn the Andorians That the Vulcans are coming Reed doesn't think that they should get involved Uh, Saval enters As Reed leaves And Tripp tells Saval that they need to find Shran
1: Shran's the man
0: He is uh, back in the cave, Archer brings T'Pol and Tapau up to speed on the imminent war between Vulcan and Indoria. Uh, he knows thanks to Sorok's Katra and Saron's memories being transferred to Archer during the mind meld. Uh, back at the High Command, Vloss is told by a minister that eight Syranites have been captured, and they revealed that two Vulcans and a human escaped. Uh, and these escapees have the Kirishara.
1: Mm-hmm. So they obviously know who they are. Yeah. And uh, Vloss is not happy. No. <laughs> uh,
0: Vloss insists that the Kirishara doesn't exist. And after the minister leaves, Vloss orders that the Serenites be eradicated.
1: Yeah, wow. For a Vulcan, he sure is a pretty violent guy. Yes. Yeah.
0: He wants to do anything he can to cover up his conspiracy.
1: Yeah, I think he might really benefit from reading the Kirshara. <laughs> How about you?
0: <laughs> but it doesn't exist, according to him.
1: Oh, right, right. He wants to keep it for himself and then, like, yeah, use it.
0: Uh, Enterprise approaches a nebula and Saval hails the nebula, asking to speak with Shran. Uh, cut to a room on Enterprise. Uh, Saval tells Shran that the Vulcans are planning a surprise attack because they believe the Andorians have the Zindu weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shran believes Saval's story after hearing that Trip, a pink skin, uh, believes it too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Shran leaves to go talk to his superiors.
1: Yeah, doesn't Tran say something about, you know, kind of in his defense saying, like, oh no, that's that's not, we barely had it on board long enough to even look at it. Right. Yeah, there's no way we could have it. It was destroyed.
0: Uh back on Vulcan, Tapal and Tapau talk about Katras, uh of which Tapal is not a believer, of course, because Tapal is skeptical about everything.
1: Uh, everything.
0: Uh, and they also talk about T'Pol's mother. Uh, Tapau offers to share her memories of T'Pol's mother via Mind mm. meld. Mm-hmm. But T'Pol reveals that she has Panar syndrome after mm-hmm. being forced to meld back in the episode Fusion.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: way back in, in, uh, season one.
1: Yeah. So a the callback. There's actually been a few callbacks. It's Zindi, there's that. Yeah.
0: Uh, Tapau tells her that the Hikeman lied and that Panar is not an incurable disorder. It's just the result of melding with an improperly trained melder.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: A properly trained melder uh, can correct the neurological imbalance. Okay. Very convenient.
1: Yeah, right?
0: Uh, on Shran's ship, Shran beams Saval aboard without the Enterprise crew knowing. Uh, Shran wants to interrogate Saval to get the truth out of him. Uh, Shran is using a device that lowers Saval's emotional threshold.
1: Mm-hmm. So he basically becomes like uh to Paul, and <laughs> she was having problems with the with the compound she was exposed to. Yeah, Trellium. Trellium. It's a Trellium weapon.
0: Uh on Enterprise, they realize that Saval is missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, trip hails the Andorians, uh, but the Andorians flee into the nebula, so Enterprise chases after them.
1: Mm. So things aren't all so good in their uh, little uh, alliance, right?
0: Yeah, the Andorians still don't trust the Vulcans. Yeah. Uh, with good reason. Right, right. Back on Vulcan, Archer tells T'Pol that he finally realizes why Vulcans suppress their emotions, and that T'Pol should look into the Cyrenite philosophy, because it was important to her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, high command forces attack the trio, uh, thereafter the Kirshara. Uh, Archer manages to hold his own pretty well, but he's getting his butt kicked. So Tapau throws him down a tunnel and follows after him, leaving an unconscious T'Pau behind. Uh T'Pau wakes up and tells the high command soldiers that Archer and T'Pau are headed to Mount Salea. She also tells them that she is a Cyrenite. Uh, it turns out that one of the soldiers had served under T'Pau at one point. Hmm. So he has some sympathy for her. Okay. On Shran's ship, uh Saval continues to be tortured when the ship is fired upon by Enterprise, and Shran orders the Andorians to exit the nebula. Uh, Saval is brought to Enterprise's sickbay. Shran believes Saval, and he told the Andorian higher-ups to redeploy their forces to intercept the Vulcans. Mm. He also says that his superiors would like to have Enterprise's help. Mm-hmm. Back on Vulcan, Archer and tapau attack the Vulcan soldiers that had Tapal, but Topal has already been taken to the High Command. Uh Archer uses a Vulcan nerve pinch on a Vulcan soldier after getting a piece of information. Uh so yeah, Archer he does not have Vulcan strength, but he can still do the Vulcan nerve pinch.
1: Yeah, and wait, how did he learn how to do that? Or we were to believe that Tapal taught him, I guess.
0: Or through the Catra, of course.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, he's he's remembering uh, uh, how to do it from his memories, right, right. But good point about the lack of Vulcan strength.
0: Uh, at the High Command, uh, T'Pol is brought to Vlas and the other High Command members. Uh, suddenly, they are alerted to the fact that seven ships are about to intercept the Vulcan fleet. Uh, Trip maneuvers Enterprise between the Vulcans and the Andorians. He wants to buy some time for the rest of the Andorian fleet to arrive. Mm-hmm. At the High Command, one of the High Command members tells Vloss that there's no evidence of the Andorians having Zindi technology, and he wants to call off the attack. Uh, Vloss talks to Trip over the comms. Um, Vloss orders the Vulcan ships to attack the Andorians and Enterprise. Uh, Shran rescues Enterprise from a Vulcan ship, and he hails Trip and says, Tell Archer that's two he owes me.
1: Oh man, Archer's really running up a tab with <laughs> Shran, huh?
0: Shran's always keeping score.
1: He's like, ah, I'm really keeping these life deaths in check here.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, at the High Command, Archer and T'Pau have snuck their way to Vloss and the rest of the High Command members. Uh, Archer activates the Kirshara. Vloss moves to destroy the Kirshara, but Minister Kuvak shoots him and then calls off the Vulcan fleet. On Enterprise in T'Pol's quarters, Koss visits T'Pol. It turns out that it was Koss who was the one who provided the transporter codes, which allowed Archer and T'Pol to sneak into the high command. Uh, Koss releases T'Pol from their marriage because he knows that she only married him to help her mother. And oh. now that her mother is gone, there is no need for them to be married.
1: Oh, wow. Pretty good, good guy Koss. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. On Vulcan, Archer gets Sorok's Katra out of his head. Uh, Saval tells Archer that there will now be a less aggressive policy towards Earth and that hmm. the high command will be dissolved. Uh, to power. T'Pau tells him that it's time for Earth to stand on its own, and Archer replies, we're ready.
1: Wow, so pretty significant event.
0: Yes, especially in the course of this show, where mm-hmm. the high command was always closely monitoring Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, elsewhere, Vloss meets a man in a cave. The man exits the shadows and is revealed to be a Romulan.
1: Oh boy, remember when we said, what if this is all... Something to do with the Romulans, and it was. And, and you said, "Well, I rightly so." You said, "Well, te- you know, no one had seen a Romulan."
0: <laughs> well, the Romulan tells Vloss that the reunification of their people is only a matter of time, as the episode ends.
1: Wow, pretty juicy little stinger there at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, if this needed necessarily to span three episodes the story uh but it, it had some pretty significant ramifications and it's i guess it's just knowing that the series is going to end at the end of this this ep- or this season it's kind of like oh you know like this was this was i finally getting you know the vulcans to say like okay earth you're ready to do this on your own uh we're not gonna you know babysit you anymore right And then it's like, oh crap, this is like half, almost halfway through the final (laughs) season. But at least it ties that up. Right? Yeah, they're tying
0: up a lot of stuff. I don't know if they knew they were not getting renewed
1: at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, neither do I. But but, it'd be interesting to look into. Yeah,
0: I mean, it feels like they just want to sever almost all ties to the previous seasons and kind of do their Mm -hmm. own thing now.
1: Yeah. So, you know, um, that's a good point. I, I think that uh, I, I guess I kind of mentioned this, but I think that, that all in all, I think it was, it was something that needed to happen for the series. Um, you know, we finally, we had to finally resolve this, this whole Vulcan oversight thing. Um, and, uh, it was interesting to see some more about, you know, Vulcan society and, and clearly, you know, as we kind of, um, assumed uh, I think last episode, uh, there was a, you know, a Vos was uh, in cahoots with Romulans. Yeah. So His his behavior makes a lot more sense.
0: Right. Um, I don't know. The whole Vulcan storyline seems kind of, I don't want to say pointless, but kind of weird in that we viewed Vulcans one way because we saw original series up mm-hmm. through, you know, Voyager. Right. And then this series presents Vulcans in a different light and then gets it to the status quo that we know. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, was that really necessary? Was that <laughs> step really necessary?
1: Well, it's definitely done in a very like condensed time frame. And I, I feel like they needed... I mean, I think it was fine that that Vulcans, I mean it makes sense that Vulcans were very closely connected to Enterprise because they were the species that we made first contact with. Um, but you're right. I mean, why couldn't why couldn't the Vulcans have just been the Vulcan, you know, just the Vulcans I, you know, except that you know, I'm thinking maybe the this this plot with the Kirhara was just meant to kind of keep um Archer. Or keep the Enterprise crew or Starfleet having some sort of really pivotal part of Vulcan history, I guess?
0: I guess, yeah, that's true. You
1: know, like, make Enterprise and Archer and Starfleet more important in the overall kind of lore of Star Trek, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't know.
0: And and um, you do need the, te- uh, not tension. You need the drama of Archer, not liking Vulcans and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you need some sort of conflict.
1: Well, they definitely, you know, it's, I guess this isn't really a spoiler. You know, the, the season is, is, is wrapping up and the series is wrapping up, you know, according to, uh, memory alpha, you know, this is the final episode of this, uh, Andorian Vulcan saga. Um so you know I I, I guess if the series were would have continued we we definitely or would have been something needed to fill the gap of the not just the Earth Vulcan plot but also the Andorian Vulcan plot um and I hope that you know I hope this doesn't mean that we don't get to see uh Shran again uh before the series ends but I'm not sure mm. yeah I like Shran a lot yeah he's, he's great yeah he's a great he's character. Great. he's one of the most memorable parts I think of of enterprise so far mm-hmm. for me in terms of new characters introduced yeah definitely yep
0: um yeah uh we're gonna take a little break and then when we come back we'll talk about dataless
1: mm-hmm let's do it upn friday the inventor of the transporter beams aboard enterprise i hope you don't mind that i'm borrowing your ship captain his experiment could enhance the technology Forty thousand kilometers nothing's ever gone that far but at what cost
0: we to them
1: we can't trust anyone
0: And we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 4, Episode 10, Daedalus. Original air date, January 14th, 2005. Take it away, Randy.
1: All right. So this episode opens with Enterprise in orbit of Earth. So they're back from Vulcan. Uh, Archer and Tripp are discussing a upcoming visit from Emery Erickson who happens to be the inventor of Earth's transporter technology, which uh, our crew has been using a whole lot more lately. <laughs> <laughs> so good timing. Uh, we have learned that Ericsson was the reason that Tripp wanted to become an engineer in the first place. Uh, in fact, Tripp had his mom read him Erick's, Erickson's biography as a child every night before bed. So clearly <laughs> Tripp was a very cool kid. Yeah,
0: he was super cool.
1: So after uh, they have this chat, uh, Erickson, an older man in a wheelchair, and his daughter, who we learn is named Danica, beam on board. Uh, Erickson quips about being all in one piece, uh, saying, nothing seems to be missing... Uh, at this point, I was like, oh, are his legs missing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, at least this trip went okay. Uh, Ericsson thanks Archer for letting him borrow Enterprise, uh, saying that the, his experiment needs his ship. Uh, and that this experiment might itself make starships and even Starfleet itself obsolete. So. Dun dun dun! Opening credits.
0: <laughs> Somehow, I don't think starships are going to be made obsolete anytime
1: yeah. soon. Yeah. Hmm. What leads us to believe that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Emery, you, you got that one. Uh, we come back from the opening credits to a Captain Starlog. Uh, Captain Archer tells us that in preparation for Doctor Arison's experiment, we've reduced power in all but essential areas of the ship. Uh, We cut to T'Pol in the mess hall reading a pad when Trip enters. Uh, We find out that the two of them haven't spoken much since her experience on Vulcan in the Forge. Turns out she's reading the Kishara. It's pretty popular. It's on the Vulcan Times (laughs) bestseller list, number one, right now. Uh, Trip wishes that she had talked with him about the loss of her mother, uh, even trying to say that with the loss of his sister, they now have even more in common. But Topal would rather not discuss this, so she leaves. Um, we see Trip and T'Pol again in the captain's dining room. Uh, they're having dinner with the captain and the Ericsons.
0: I feel like we haven't seen the dining room in a while.
1: No. Uh, they used to show that almost every episode, yeah. actually. Uh, we learn that Ericsson, uh has quote-unquote invented... Uh, sub quantum teleportation, uh, something that can beam humans across potentially interplanetary distances. So hence the making Starfleet obsolete. Uh, he says it's one of the things he's on board to test. I made note of that. <laughs> Quote unquote, one of the things. Uh, Erickson and Archer reminisce about the captain's father and how he and his friend Emery would argue over which technology the warp drive or the teleporter would end up being the future of Starfleet. You know, clearly Emery thought it was uh, transporters. Uh, We get a little bit of background on the development of the transporter and learn that people thought it was dangerous at first, which, you know, I think most people would agree with that.
0: I mean, they thought it was dangerous in the first episode of Enterprise, too.
1: Yeah, mm -hmm. and Bones thinks it's dangerous even though it's been used for hundreds of years. (laughs) On the original series, at least. Uh, again, another Captain Star log. We learn that they're entering an area known as the Barrens. All these areas of space have great names. There's like the Briar Patch, the Barrens. <laughs> uh, there's not a star system within 100 light years, so it's per- perfect conditions for Emery's test. Uh, we're in the transport area area where emory is telling trip about the old days uh, we find out some interesting stuff like it took one and a half minutes to transport a human at first and that emory was the first test, test subject of the transporter and could feel himself being taken apart and reassembled yikes so that sounds pretty crazy uh you know there was also a discussion i think of that it's a common debate whether or not the person who's being transported is the same person when they arrive or just a clone with the same memories. Right. Uh, they, they took a moment to address that, but didn't really, I guess Emery, the creator of transporter thinks that's like hogwash basically.
0: Oh, he created it.
1: Yeah. So he's like, no, definitely, uh, definitely the same person. Uh, Emery tells Tripp that he took a page from Zephyr and Cochran's book after the first transport and promptly got stone drunk <laughs> after barfing, basically. Uh, Tripp offers to install Ericsson's custom power converter, uh, part of the test, uh, to help ease power requirements for his test. Uh, but Erickson suspiciously declines, saying that he'll just do it himself. Uh, he protests too much. Elsewhere, Archer is taking Danica on a tour of Enterprise. Uh, They reach Engineering, where she exhibits extensive knowledge of the ship and its systems. Uh, Archer asks her why she still hasn't joined Starfleet, and she tells him that she can't leave her dad alone. Uh, In the armory, Reed and another another crew member are chatting uh, when the lights start flickering. Uh, They think they see something moving in the shadows, so they... Uh, take some guns and split up to confront the intruder. Uh, but just then, a blur shape bolts towards the crewman and they collide with one another. Uh, Reed rushes to the crewman, but it's too late. He's horribly deformed and clearly dead.
0: Like a spatial anomaly.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, they're back.
0: Or are <laughs> they? Uh, actually, this uh, was very horror movie-ish.
1: Mm hmm. And I actually made a note that I thought it was a little cre- creepier than previous times they've tried to do this. Uh, In the transporter area, Archer and T'Pol ask Emery if he's experienced anything like this before. Uh, We find out that the the crew member killed was named Ensign Burroughs. Emery says that during his previous times in the Barrens, he's never uh, found uh, any anomalies like this uh, and excuses himself for his treatment. In Erickson's quarters, he and his daughter argue over revealing the truth to Archer. She says she can; tr- they can trust John, uh, which we don't hear him called very often. Uh, but Erickson stubbornly refuses, saying they only need a couple more days to bring Quinn back. So we've got a uh, revelation here. Uh, back at the transporter, Erickson and Tripp successfully beam a test probe more than 40,000 kilometers, which is a new record for a transporter. Tripp wants to celebrate with Emory in the mess hall, but he declines and gets angry. Uh, so Tripp heads to Archer's quarters, and he tells the captain that he thinks Erickson is up to something. Jeez, do you think? <laughs> uh, his subquantum teleportation method should actually be using less energy than a normal transport, but it isn't. Archer tells Tripp that Erickson lied about not never seeing an anomaly like the one that killed Burrows before, uh, when Erickson's research ship encountered one five years earlier. Uh, As if it was listening in, another anomaly is suddenly detected on board. Archer Topal and two Makos, that's right, they're still on board, (laughs) search for the anomaly. They end up finding it, and it touches or comes in contact with Topal, who falls down. We cut to sickbay, where her disfigured hand is being treated by Flocks. Remember this disfigured hand, folks. <laughs> she she captures some footage of the anomaly uh, during the event, uh, and it's put on screen. Uh, Archer notices something strange about it and asks for the footage to be enhanced.
0: <laughs> I was laughing when he said enhance.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like the old trope of, you know, computer being able to pick out, you know, enhanced detail from anything. As it becomes clearer, he realizes that the anomaly is actually Emery Erickson's son, Quinn. Ooh. Hmm. So I think we know what they're on board for. Uh, when confronted in his quarters by the captain, Erickson admits everything. Uh, he It turns out that he let Quinn be the first to try a subquantum transport, despite his fears that the technology would actually never work. And he admits that subquantum teleportation will never work. So there you go. He's been a big lie liar the whole time. Uh he asks Archer for War Crime to try to bring Quinn back before his signal decays past the point of retrieval back at the transporter pad and I'm noticing that, by the way this is like a bottle episode it's just like a couple of reused sets over and over again uh, at the transporter Trip is helping Erickson with final modifications Uh Erickson tells Trip that he might have more empathy for him if he'd also lost a son but Trip says he lost a sister and would never put anyone else in harm's way to get her back uh, back in Archer's Quarters, there's a scene with Danica apologizing to the captain. In Engineering, Tripp tells to Paul that he wants to bring back movie night and ask for her suggestions on a genre. You know, he's trying to kind of break the ice there again. Uh, but she says she doesn't have time. She's been busy reading the Kirshara. Uh, Tripp reminds her that she's came on board originally to spend more time with humans, but she tells him that her priorities have changed. <laughs> So it's very uh, getting very cold here between uh, to and Trip.
0: If only Trip had the movie adaptation of the Kirshara
1: Yeah, that'd be that'd be perfect. Good good idea. Archer and Erickson are in the launch bay scanning for Quinn's signal when he he appears and triggers an explosion, nearly killing his father. Uh, we learn that Quinn has damaged the ship and nearly destroyed it by coming in contact with torpedoes in the armory earlier. Archer snaps at Trip for suggesting that they call off the rescue and tells him that he's bordering on insubordination. Like Archer all of a sudden is just like, like really like over the top.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I thought, I thought it was a little bit weird. I mean, I get it in that Archer is family friends with Emery, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, Emery's putting the whole ship at risk and he lied to Archer in the first place. Yeah. And Trip so is it's, just looking out for the safety of yeah. the crew.
1: He's, he's being a voice of reason. He's looking out for the ship, but for some reason that's, you know, him being insubordinate. Yeah. Anyways, another, it's, it's like another in my book and another instance of kind of the, the, uh, Archer being kind of like polar opposites sometimes.
0: Yeah. It's weird.
1: It's, it's out of character. Um, Archer meets with Erickson in his quarters and he learns that, uh, Emery got the scan he needed to establish a lock on his son. Uh, But when Erickson admits that he's worried, Archer offers his father's advice from his first flight training session. Don't fail. So, great advice. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Finally ready to attempt a rescue of Quinn, uh, they are able to establish a lock on his signal with the transporter. However, they're not able to establish a solid enough lock to beam him back on board. Phlox is there, and despite his warning to the contrary that basically uh, uh, Quinn will be DOA, Erickson beams Quinn on board, uh, eventually. Uh, Quinn collapses onto the transporter pad and passes away as Erickson asks for his forgiveness. So it's pretty sad uh later erickson tells archer that he couldn't leave his son between life and death archer tells him that he'll still need to face starfleet because of his actions but that his contributions uh to starfleet will likely work in his favor erickson then beca- ponders becoming a teacher when this is all over and archer says he'd be gu- a good one uh, in sickbay uh Tapal is told by phlox that she's apparently been cured of panar syndrome by her mind meld with Tapal in the previous episode. He tells her, she, he, she tells him that this has been happening all across Vulcan thanks to the Kirshara. So it sounds like a meldings uh, picking up on, on old Vulcan. It's no longer a taboo. Tapal leaves sickbay and meets with Trip in engineering telling him that her exploration of what it means to be Vulcan will leave her no time for a relationship. Mm. Yeah, he seems to take it surprisingly well, though, I noted, uh, and says, well, at least my warp engines still need me. So there you go. I guess that's the also the end of the trip to Paul uh, relationship arc. For now. For now. Uh, as they're seeing the Ericssons off, Danica gives trip details on how to boost their transporter range before her and her father beam out and that's the end,
0: yeah, so I don't know if I was just in a mood when I was talking to this or if it's the episode <laughs> itself, but I thought this episode was really boring.
1: oh, it was super boring, and there was like basically kind of nothing happens I mean there's the uh There's the there's an entity on the ship. Oh no, and it's hurting people. And then there's you know just kind of like uh, they try to beam him back and he's dead. I mean, I think it had the 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 underpinnings of, of a good or a potentially good episode. Like, kind of reminded me of maybe it could have been a plot of a TNG episode. But in the end, I just felt that you know it didn't have any kind of like emotional weight at all.
0: Yeah, and it still bothers me that Archer was chewing Trip out when trip was yeah. just looking out for the goodwill of the ship.
1: Yeah, the, I mean Archer should have been looking out for the goodwill or the the safety of the ship, right? Yeah. And yeah, over, you know, Archer, if anything Archer is such by, a by the books dude that I would have expected him to like like know that and actually be like putting the ship's uh Safety above, like his family friendship with the Ericsons.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, the guy lied to him in the first place, and mm-hmm. and Archer was like, eh, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, like uh, Emery needed the Enterprise to because it had it was a ship that a had a transporter and b could get them out to the Barrens, um, but. I was actually, I was just thinking about this. Clearly, there were other ships with transporters on board that could go to the Barrens because, um, I mean, what did they test the transporter on to begin with? It wasn't Enterprise. Right. You know, it was obviously some other ship or space station or something. You know, like, couldn't you use that? But then again, we wouldn't have had an episode. But I think in the grand scheme of things, that would have been fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a really kind of a disposable episode. It was very standalone. I mean, it ties in no way tied. I I guess the the relationship stuff with Paul and um, and Trip, I mean, that tied into something that had been going on. But, I mean, overall, it didn't tie into the the series at all. Right. Yeah, I guess it just means they're going to use the transporter more for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, they can travel beam, farther now.
1: Dream further, yeah, farther out.
0: Um, The episode's called Daedalus, and he's mm-hmm. the father of Icarus. Mm-hmm. So I guess Quinn is Icarus in this
1: story? Yeah, he flew too close to the subquantum transport sun. I guess. And lost his wings.
0: That's kind of a shaky connection.
1: Yeah, I think so. Like, maybe, if literally, there was a, a guy who was the father to a, a kid who had flown too close to a son. <laughs> <laughs> then it would maybe be a better Daedalus analogy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Although I guess um, Quinn was kind of like the Minotaur flying around Enterprise as the Labyrinth.
1: Oh, yeah, there you go. You're you're tying this back in.
0: <laughs> All right, we're back on board. Um, Yeah, so next time... We're going to talk about Observer Effect and Babel 1.
1: Ooh, okay. Is that like Babel episode 1 of 50? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll find out.
0: It's the prequel to Babylon 5.
1: Oh, Babel 1. Babylon 1. There we go.
0: There we go. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you then.
1: All right. Bye, guys.
0: Friday on an all-new Star Trek Enterprise. They are subjects in an alien experiment. They're being observed. They can't begin to understand. I have no explanation. Our immune system can't fight silicon. But somebody always dies, I've seen a whole crew die. It will take them to the edge of death. She's gone. And beyond. What did you do to her? All-new Star Trek Enterprise.